Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 448. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get through this beginning. <laughs> I have the giggles. <laughs> well, it was a fun time in the studio today. It was a good time. I had a good time. Well, it's good. I, yeah. I, I hope I was entertaining for you. Yeah. Hopefully people listening to us will also enjoy themselves. Yeah, we talk. We'll see. <laughs> we... For the most part, did the least of spoiling of books that we've done in a while. I'm trying to get better at that. To not just give a book report synopsis of the book. And I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. I'm proud of you too, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say for what, but <laughs> I'll, I'll sit and wait till I can hear. I don't know what it is yet. No, but then uh, we obviously talked a quick uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Talk some King Kong and Loki and, and stuff and things. Yeah, I think we just had a lot of random conversations about things this time. Yeah, a lot of different things yeah. uh, popping out from yeah. different things, and that's that's how it goes in the nerd world. So, sure. mm-hmm. so enjoy what we have to say. Grab a cold <laughs> one and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast episode four hundred forty eight. Lady Sif, more like Lady Sucks. Uh- <laughs> I was full on like, is he gonna say cunt in the title? <laughs> I know how much you hate that word. <laughs> Lens, it's you. I know you. <laughs> I looked zero things up. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, we just had one of the best holidays ever. And I'm not talking about Easter. I going to say, that's an opinion. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, Halloween is my favorite. F- close second by Chris. I don't know. They're all, all these are tied, but April Fool's Day is oh, one of my favorite. Yes. Favorite of all holidays. Which it's not a holiday. It fucking should be. <laughs> it's just a it is for me. Day. <laughs> I make sure people remember the day because after they get done talking to me, they're like, damn it, I should have known what day it is. Yeah, usually you have some sort of epic prank that you pull, but in the past, last year and this year, I would imagine you're. Yeah, last year didn't do anything. Yeah. And this year, you know, there's, there's many people. About the vaccines or saying they're not going to do this or that they got COVID and stuff and it's like there's certain things you just need to not joke about right. like and and that's something I've had to learn too like a good joke everyone should be laughing at the end otherwise it's kind of being a, an asshole it's cruel it's not a joke then yes right. and, and, and I can do things to become an asshole any day this is the day I have to think smarter to do something and so I had this idea, and I got it from, it was a dad joke, pretty much, that I saw online that I then took to work. I went into work mainly to just pull this prank. So the day before, I went to Meyer and I bought a leek. You know, like the onion-type vegetable. Yes, yes. And I went into work and put it underneath the sink. Put it under the sink. sink. Well, that's not the only thing I place (laughs) I put it, but I got a lot more people than I thought I would. Because we don't have that many people 
working at work. Everyone's really remote. And it just so happened to be the day that most of the other people in the office had scheduled to go get their second shot. Mm -hmm. So they were leaving the office that I couldn't prank them. So I luckily got most of them on their way out. Like, are you, are you know who's in charge of, there's a, like a leak under here. Who would I talk to? Can you quick look at it? One of the guys totally just bypassed, like even seeing what this vegetable thing was. He really thought there was a leak in there and (laughs) couldn't determine where it was at. But the, Best was getting my boss, who we put it underneath the lathe, and said this like multi tens of thousand dollar machine is leaking. That freaked him out because it was mm. also like ten minutes to go in the day. <laughs> and I got it on film and I was quite happy. And then afterwards, I went all around. Uh, I didn't know that my brother was having actual had a plumber there that day because had some problems. And then when he found <laughs> out <laughs> saying the leak, he. He's, like, automatically thinking, like, I'm lying. I'm like, I swear to God, there's actually a leak under there. <laughs> and then I stopped by a couple people's houses, and I put it under their cars, and I knocked on their door. I'm like, hey, it's been forever. I haven't seen you. Just notice there's a leak under your car. Oh, God. And then they'd come out, and then they damn it. And I go, all right, bye. Like, really? <laughs> They're like, you know what? Nope, I really stopped to just play a prank on you. Wow. Haven't seen you in, like, a year, but... <laughs> I was going to go over to your house, but I knew you would just, like... You told me about this ahead of time. Did I? You did. Yeah, but I still would have gotten you. I, I don't know. Josh. If you would have... Maybe, but if you would have came over and said that you I had a leak under my car, I would have been like, all right, Tony. No, you'd be like, that sounds about right. My car... <laughs> Actually, no, I would say it's under my car and it'd make more sense. <laughs> what are you trying to say? My car is amazing. <laughs> Under your kid's car. <laughs> His car sucks. Well, he doesn't have a car. Exactly. It <laughs> so, ultimately, I got multiple people. I was quite happy, and I can continue. I continued it on through Easter. I got my mom. Uh, even though, yeah, it's, April Fool's Day doesn't need to be one day a year. <laughs> the pranks can keep on coming. Yeah. Got my grandma. Oh. Which then freaked out my dad at first because my dad's realizing he's the one that's going to have to fix my grandma's dishwasher. And then he was quite happy that it was a joke. Do you know that in Italy, France, and Belgium and French-speaking areas of Switzerland and Canada, April the April 1st tradition is known as April Fish? I did. Like, why? So other pranks are, like, fish-based. Gross. <laughs> because the translation... Um, there's this French poet who refers to it in a poem and literally translated it, it's April fi- April's fish. So they do fish-based pranks, I guess. I, you know, I could do something with the fish, but just the stench and the taste, like, if someone were to do that to me, I'd probably punch them, so. <laughs> so they said that. One of the more popular pranks is to attach a paper fish to somebody's back without being noticed. <laughs> I mean, I could do that. Oh man, they really got people with that one. <laughs> Those rascals. <laughs> oh man. So Tony, you can celebrate this holiday twice a year because on December twenty eighth, uh, in Spain and in the Philippines is the Christian day of celebration called Day of the Holy Innocents. And they 
<laughs> they use that day to play pranks on each other. I don't understand the connection between the two, but apparently that's also a prank day. So now you can do it on December 28th, but nobody will see you coming. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone will be like, what? And then I'll just pull out this random fact. I'll have it on cards. Prank them, and then here you go. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, normally I'd reminisce about my epic uh, pranks, but... Everyone just go back to whatever podcast posted, like, the after April 1st, because he talks about them every year. Yeah. So just go true. listen to our back catalog. <laughs> Get some good ideas to pull on your friends as well. I think your big one was the the fake engagement one. That was one of my... You had a lot of people going on that one. Yeah, because that's the dumbest one to believe for anyone, but that I got people to believe. Yeah, it is a little crazy. So it's all the way you set it up. Like, if you can prepare a little bit, you can really pull off miracles of here's, disbelief. Here's the funny thing is like since I've met you like you've put there's two things you put a lot of effort into. A lot of effort and it's April Fool's Day pranks and your Halloween costumes which tells you how important those holidays are to you <laughs> but like you've been <laughs> you've been unemployed most of the time that I've known you. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm employed now. You are employed now. But it's just funny because it's like, if only he would have put that much effort into, like, anything else. <laughs> put a lot of effort into this podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Nobody believes that. <laughs> Nobody believes that. <sighs> anyway. All right. Uh, uh, Captain... Uh, Falcon, not Captain Falcon, the Falcon, the Winter Captain Soldier. Falcon. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to do our our weekly MCU yeah, TV show again, update. Yeah, again, not much. Uh, it's good again. Love the, the snake eggs. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the big thing, though. The thing, the thing that the minute they showed up to the place, everybody in geekdom was like, they're in Madripoor. Yeah. <laughs> I I was so excited by that. Watching with my roommate who doesn't read a lot of comics, but he's starting to. He didn't get why I was geeking. I was like, "That's like naming Wakanda. Like it's a thing, and it's a place where a lot of shit's gonna go down." Yeah. And I was quite quite excited it was about very that. Very excited. And I knew I knew that was gonna show up eventually, but then I just forgot. Here's the one thing too about this show that I dislike a little bit is the credits are like 10 minutes long. Yeah. I keep thinking there's going to be some end credit scene, so I sit through them and just realize, oh, it's because they shot this over like 20 different countries. So. Do you not own a remote control? It's I don't need to fast forward through them. They're meant to be seen. If they have an end credit scene, they do that so that you watch the credits. Well, yeah, but you have a remote control to fast forward. No, but usually that I'm chatting with whoever I watched oh, it with right. about stuff. And well, then, that's a different. Problem. And then we'll be like, "Shh, oh my gosh, something else is happening." <laughs> but yeah, all in all, uh, again, it's just such a—it's a different take, or not a different—it's a different thing than WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So less of like holy shit moments, and more of a pretty cool, yeah, action-packed and. It's like a movie that's split into six parts. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's pretty much how our, our reviews of it have been. It's great. It's good. 
yeah. one, two cool things, but I don't know. I'm liking where the story's going. Yeah. I Actually, here's the thing. When they broke Zemo out, holy shit, that was hilarious. When, well, not when they, when uh, Bucky mm-hmm. was just explaining, what if we did, what if oh. this happened? And then what, I'm, I was like literally dying laughing because I'm just like, yeah, this is, yeah, that's something that he would do too. Right. It just seems so well written. It's really good. It's, it's definitely like, I was, this is the one I was not looking forward to the most just because these aren't characters that I'm especially interested in, but they're doing a very good job of keeping me engaged. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like so. with, uh, yes, I know a lot of people have now liked the Winter Soldier since the movies, but yeah, comic-wise too, before I was not the biggest of fans of right. Bucky at all. I'm like, oh, yay, Bucky's back. But... I mean, that was the only reason that was such a big deal is because he had been like the person that you could always point to that when they're like, well, people don't stay dead in comics, you would say, but Bucky has been dead for so long. And then all of a sudden it was like, but he's back now. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Just kidding. Now it's just (laughs) Uncle Ben. (laughs) Pretty much is only Uncle Ben. Oh, well, speaking of... uh... Peter Parker. What's uh, I read Silk. Ah. All right. I mean, you can see She's the She's a clone, right? Is she a clone of No, him? so she was bitten by the same oh, spider. spider. Who's the clone? I mean, I know Ben... Uh, what's his name? Ben Riley Is the clone, but wasn't there a female clone of him as well? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe at some point there was, but... Um, so Cindy Moon, uh, yeah, was bitten by the same uh, spider, and so she has... Spider powers, except for she can have the, instead of like web shooters, she can have the uh, spider silk come out of her fingertips. So like kind of cool real spider. And uh, there was a point when she first debuted where she kind of just made silk her like suit up and everything, mm. which was kind of cool. You were, Was it cool or was it hot? I mean, it was comic book hot, but I mean, I don't read comic books for that. Could you imagine, though, like a girl cosplaying that costume? Well, that'd be hot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is a number one issue, and although she has appeared in other things, and I think she had a miniseries when she first debuted, um, all I really recall is that the reason why she's never been in Peter Parker's life and everything is because she was in a bunker for like 20 years, mm. hidden from the world, and then eventually came out and... Or escaped and got out, and I don't know all of that stuff, but this kind of reintroduced me to the character. Who, again, ha- there's plenty of there's plenty of Robins. There's plenty of you know different Batman type. There's plenty of you know a couple different Iron Man type. Like there's a couple different Spider Man types, and she just you know fits the mold, but in a different way. And it's good to see uh, young female you know superheroes getting the the lead in a a comic book for sure so all in all um yeah she's not as quippy as you would think as you know as peter parker but but she also like she took uh a nice silk jacket when she was saving the day from some robbers and i kind of like that a little bit she's not a too goody two shoes like peter parker is 
which again, Peter, you know, has his ups and downs, but again, just taking kind of a jacket for, you know, she's like, Peter didn't spend 10 years alone in a bunker, so. I was just going to say, that's like, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, well, Peter didn't spend all that time in a bunker either. (laughs) And then establishes kind of her friends and, and what she's doing. And obviously she's working for uh the bugle so she is kind of again you can't not have her kind of do spider-man stuff in in peter parker things but i did kind of wish maybe she wasn't like a research reporter type Mm. person blogger Mm -hmm. um but you get to see you know some like work rivalries and there was a little not i don't know how to say it it was more her in human, like, not costume form um, throughout this whole thing. And we get towards the end where, you know, there's some fighting. And I don't want to give it away, but uh, it was it was a good, uh, good start to a character that, again, has been around in Marvel for a handful of years now. But, mm-hmm. again, for people to pick up a number one, they uh, it's a good, good read. Nice. Um, my other two books that I do want to quick talk about, they kind of pair together. It's Power Rangers number five and Power Rangers Unlimited Air to Darkness. And so they pair together kind of because of one main character. Um, and what the way that the Power Rangers have uh, been in my life, I, I love them, but I always love Mighty Morphin the most. Didn't and I've watched some of the other iterations or at least seen pieces of them, and Power Rangers in Space is one that I've caught every now and then. But again, I was growing older and I didn't really watch it. But do you say to yourself in your head, Power Rangers in Space? space. <laughs> I think it yes. <laughs> and so within Power Rangers Five, it's kind of funny. It's the Power Rangers books are Mighty Morphin, and then the other set is Power Rangers. Okay. Mighty Morphin is taking the new gang along with the old gang when they split, and this one has Zack, Jason, and Trini, along with Lord um, Draken, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're kind of going off doing their own things, while the other book is kind of staying more towards what the series was a bit. So I like this series a little bit more because it's more brand new. But what they introduce, which is the connection, is Astronema, who was the bad guy within uh, Power Rangers in space. Or, yeah. In space. And so this this one starts off with them in a saloon and, again, a Wild West type of feel while Trini and, and Draken were fixing the car. Not car, the spaceship. And... Uh, she kind of shows up at the end and uh, gets captured, and yeah. So the one with the Unlimited, the Unlimited series is where they are going into one-offs. Like this is, they're kind of like one-shots, but they're exploring more of the Power Rangers world. And this gave a background to who Astronema was and her upbringing to become an evil princess. And overall, these were both just really, really good books uh, that were connected in in that way and that way alone. I mean, I was going to just do the 
uh, Power Rangers uh, Unlimited, but then I didn't read Power Rangers 5 yet, but then I found out that she's showing up in there, which is a precursor to um, Power Rangers in space, because she didn't ever really show up um, within the original Power Rangers show, like Mighty Morphin. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. There's that. A lot of Power Rangers stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's... You you really, really love it if you like Power Rangers. Yeah. If not, but you're reading the at least the comics, you'll be like, oh, this is a cool character. So you'd enjoy it that way too, but I'm more geeking out because... These are cool characters that I do remember. Yeah. Such a nerd. <laughs> a 90s nerd. 90s nerd for sure. Well, both of us read um, Beta Ray Bill, number one, this week. And you weren't going to review it. But my opinion well, again, on this is I, how well, can you not? It was when I started reading it. <clears throat> I was like, all right, this is another Beta Ray Bill series. I'm going to review it eventually, but... Why not review it when it's done with and over with? Right. But then I got to a part in here where I was like, oh, I actually really need to talk about this because that's pretty awesome. But I want to hear you, what you have to say. So there was a lot of things that I really liked about this book. One of them being the art, which isn't tr traditional Marvel house art. So this was written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. He actually does a book called Extremity. And the, when I realized that I was like oh this totally makes sense it's very like cartoony art but it's also like cartoony in a way that's not Sunday newspaper strip cartoony I guess I don't know but anybody who knows Seth DeMoose it's a very similar style to Seth's actually I think um <clears throat> one the other thing that I liked about this is I don't I guess, like, I know who Beta Ray Bill is, but I've never done, like, a deep dive into his background. And this book did a very good job about explaining his backstory in a very quick yet informative way. Yeah, and it, I would say it did. I think they're going to explore a little bit more because you get those flashbacks, which is what you're probably talking yeah. about well and more and and well one of, I, one of the things is like i guess i never realized that like he had another form other than like the horse form mm -hmm. and that o odin gave him the hammer right stormbreaker um and that when he hit it on the ground he would could return to his yeah so it's humanoid form yeah so it's like an opposite kind of thor i mean it works both ways when you right. look at it but he was enhanced by with cybernetics and everything, and it's really weird because really the reason why I really like Beta Ray Bill is he looks like a monster, and that's part of when he was introduced. Ever that's what they were trying to go for. Like he looks bad guy, mm -hmm. and then when you find out, holy shit, he can lift the hammer. He's actually a really worthy person and good. Right. You can't always judge everything by their looks and. Oh. That is such a face. Like, it yeah. is a unique-looking skull. And, yes, when you see that he's kind of just a, I don't want to say, like, a small little monster, or not monster, alien-type yeah. being, 
I've you rarely see him in that form though. He's always pretty much Beta Ray Bill, this you know equin looking sure type. So horse face. the other thing that's crazy is that his name is actually Beta Ray. Like, what a weird name to give a child, no matter where you're from. <laughs> well, his brother's Gamma Ray, Atomic Ray. Um, I also liked that the 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 villain in this story, this the the brief villain, the person that attacked, because he's he's in Asgard because Thor's on Earth fighting the King in Black, right? So apparently, the King in Black sent something to attack Asgard because he knew Thor wasn't there. And the thing that he sent was Fing Pang Foom, right? That fucking dragon has abs of steel. It's <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the way he was drawn in this book and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> um, I loved that he kept calling um, Beta Ray Bill Horseface. I really enjoyed that dialogue from <laughs> Foom as he refers to himself. Um <clears throat> So the beginning of the book is just like this, him, you know, he's the battle, him protecting Asgard, blah, 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 except that at the end of the day, he's not the one who saves the day, right? Thor shows up and steals the glory. And that's exactly how it's played out in the book, is Thor's coming and stealing the glory in a very Thor kind of egotistical sort of way that you don't really see out of Thor anymore. Like, that's not the side of Thor you often get Yeah. in most comic books. But in this one, he was straight up like, oh, you know, that's what Thor does. He comes and saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I ruined your vibe, man. Um, but, but the heartbreaking part of this whole thing was this love affair that he's having with Lady Sif. Yes. And I hate her now. <laughs> I don't even think she didn't... Do or say anything. She did, though. She knows what he looks like, and she was like, let's let's get it on, babe. But then she was like, oh, you can't turn back, so now it's just off. Like, I don't sorry think she said you... it's off. He just left in a, in a rush. She said, I'm sorry, as he was leaving. It was very clear to him that she didn't want to get it on with him in that form, which I think is ridiculous. Well... To be exact, you know, she's like, so how does this work? And this is where I was like, oh, something's going down. And, like, you know, you hear humanoid form, and don't you change back, like, at night? You know, not knowing, you know, what's what goes on. And, and All right, let's... So He has a horse dick here. Like, why wouldn't she want to... Okay, yes, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, like, <clears throat> when she says that, and then, and then he explains... That he can't turn back. Without his hammer, because that had the enchantment. Her, that panel where she's looking away, and she's like, oh, you're telling me that if a girl was sitting on your bed, and she was like, what about this? And then you said something to her, and she was like, oh, do you really think you're getting laid after that? <laughs> that fucking oh. sound of disappointment. <laughs> Isn't that just a boner killer right then and there? I mean, though, but I don't know why she'd care if he transformed. That's what I'm saying. Because he looks cooler this way. Now, granted, you can't really kiss him, but... Who cares? Do it from behind. She won't even know. (laughs) (laughs) What's the big deal? 
So then I was like, and then she looks like she feels bad, but I'm also like, you don't feel bad or else, you know, you're supposed to love the person, right? Isn't that the whole Mm -hmm. thing? So we hate her now. (laughs) It's just iconic's official standpoint. (laughs) Lady Sif is a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) But now he's running away because, you know. Well, he's not running away. He's in search of Odin then. Yeah. Odin's been away for... I want to say two years now after War of the Realms, and I want him to stay gone because Odin, like Thor being kind of king and everything, has been nice touch with him kind of fin- finally getting to that part where it's almost like Marvel's finally allowing time to slide a little bit to where we will now have this kind of King Thor that we've seen so many times, future self. Mm-hmm. But in order to get to that future self, you need to have him finally be able to take Odin's mantle and Odin's kind of just gone so if this does conclude with him finding Odin I hope Odin doesn't come back because then that just murks kind of what could go with Thor being King Thor at this point I'm kind of like fuck Thor though oh yeah yeah I mean (laughs) in this story true oh yeah I'm always on Beta Ray Bill's side like this was just it was one of those like you start the book and you're like, oh, yeah, he's kicking ass. He's the protector of Asgard. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, this guy just had the worst fucking day of his life. It was such a roller coaster of emotions with him. Poor guy. It's so sad. So, I don't know. I hope he gets his hammer back. He clearly wants it. Or maybe the end of the tale is that he just learns to love himself the way he is. And finds a lady who isn't, like, disgusted by him. I could see that happening like, too, that and <laughs> I'm just like, dude, I want to be your bro. Like you're, you're the more worthy of, yeah, more worthy than Thor. We all know that you're stronger than Thor. We all know that. And honestly, like, I saw what those, what he looks like, what his people look like when they're in their, when in in, in normal form, and I much prefer his jacked up. That's form. what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what her problem is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was really good. If so, if you even if you don't know anything about Vader Ray Bill, I think this is a great book to read because it does such a nice job of kind of introducing the character to you in a way that lets you move into the story of mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, I asked you if you thought maybe they were doing this story now because perhaps he was going to show up in the new Thor movie. And you said no, because they do this from time to time. Yeah, they had a Beta Ray Bill uh, book that came out, I want to say, a couple years ago. Yeah. But also, I can't remember when. That might have coincided either with uh, Thor Ragnarok, but then that would have been multiple years ago. Or it could have been pre-pandemic when like we thought were, that we were going to yeah, have... Yeah, a new movie sooner. And so my... So they just announced Russell Crowe as one of the people being cast in a new Thor movie, and they haven't announced who he's going to be. So my theorem is that maybe he'll be Beta Ray Bill, and you said, hell no. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see... Because you don't picture his voice as Beta Ray Bill's voice. No, I I feel that he needs to have, like, a, a gruff, like... You think Russell Crowe can do a gruff voice? Uh, I just always hear him like 
No, I just don't. What no. about that great speech he did in Gladiator, though? Yes, but I feel like it should be a little bit deeper. Okay. I don't know what. I guess I haven't heard Russell Crowe in a while. Maybe he's gotten deeper with age. Yeah, but I see. Well, because of the announcement of Russell Crowe too, with us as a secret, you know, mystery character. Like I'm pretty sure we all know that Beta Ray Bill is going to show up at some point within the movie. So would that really be a secret person? I mean, maybe. But I hope he does show up. It would be a nice little interesting add to the story for sure, especially since um, they're facing the God Butcher, Gore, right? Yeah. Gore the God Butcher. It'd be nice for Beta Ray to show up and kick some ass, get his due. But anyway, real good book, guys. It's only five issues, so pick it up because it's not a long-term commitment, <laughs> which I love in a comic book these days. I actually made a bunch of decisions today on what I was going to read based on how long I thought the series was going to last. So <laughs> that's where I'm at in my life right now. Um, I also read a book called Witchblood. Um, so this is an indie book from Vault Comics. I don't know that I've ever read anything out of Vault before. Have you? That you can recall off the top of your head? I think I have, but I can't remember what it would have yeah. been. So this book attracted me because the color was like neon. And I love a good neon color scheme in a book. Um, and it also reminded me a bit of Scott Pilgrim. Not in the art style necessarily, but just in the feel of the book. And I was not wrong. There is a lot of stuff in this book that kind of reminds me of the way Scott Pilgrim was written. Which made it super enjoyable. But basically, this book is about this witch who's, like, traveling the deserts in the West on her motorcycle, and she runs into this vampire gang in this small town, and you find out that vampires really love the way witches taste. So that's kind of where the series is going to go, right, is these, these vampires are going to be chasing after her because she's got witch's blood. Uh, there's a lot more to the book than that, but it was super colorful like definitely action packed tons of blood and gore but like in a way that you're not like this is gross because it is so colorful and the dialogue in it is so light that you can look at the violence in a way that's like oh well of course there's violence there's vampires and witches in this book of course <laughs> um, so this was written, created by Matthew Urban and Lisa Sterl. Sterl? S-T-E-R-L-E. Yeah. Sterl. Yeah, Sterl. Anyway, if you like vampires, or you like vampires in a way where they're kind of fun so like if you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer or you really dug Scott Pilgrim or any of these kind of cheesy comedies that have to do with witches or vampires or anything like that I think that you would really like this book um I definitely am going to keep reading it because the writing in it was so my sensibility that I can't just not see where this goes um, the only complaint I have this book is they have this running, like, 
old timey, like almost like a spell, like out of a spell book, historical spell book sort of narrative running through it that really pulls away from the story because it has a different feel to it than the rest of the book does. I could do with all of that mumbo jumbo. I don't need it. Just <laughs> give me the bright colors and the really good dialogue and you have a, you have a winner on your hands. Um, her, the main character, her pet is a crow. Like her familiar, I would imagine, is a crow. Um, so I'm excited to see where they take this crow because it's clearly like uh, crows are smart to begin with, but this crow is is um, smart and also murdery. <laughs> <laughs> she had to keep reminding it not to murder <laughs> things as <laughs> so they were going into this small town, which I thought was great. So I want I can't wait to see what they do with that. But anyway, real fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I chose it to to read this week. Cool, cool. That's huh. all I got for books. Alright, I was trying to look up uh still I'm I'm coming with a with a wow. The last Beta Ray Bill series was two thousand nine is what I'm coming oh, with. That was a long time ago. Yeah, which is why I'm like I mean he showed up like uh, in a handful of like Thor books here or there. So I'm just like, if is that the last time that I really truly read and that was only a three part series. Wow. So he's not he doesn't get enough love. No. This, no, especially not after this book, the way this was written, like if this is the way most of his stories go, like I think it's time for him to have a good, happy ending. I think, why did Thor, they got in a fight and Thor broke his hammer? Did, did Thor throw a tantrum and break Beta Ray Bill's hammer? Is that what happened? Uh... Do you remember? Because it seems very like, and he he was not short of pointing that out, where he was like, you broke my hammer, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done the exact same thing you did, except you broke my fucking hammer. <laughs> they, well, and I can't get laid now because of you. <laughs> yes, they, they battled in uh, one of the, the Thor books, and that's where it, it, ha- it broke, so... He did. And yeah, see, Thor was kind of a dick, but Thor was just being Thor. Yeah, well, how long are we going to let these gods just get away with shit because they're gods and hot? (laughs) (laughs) Time to stand up for the little people, Tony. It's Beta Ray Bill's time. Yeah, I'm I'm so disappointed that that's the, yeah... It's the last one you can find. Yeah, that I'm looking at, at least That's in the publishing. That's straight up like 12 years ago. I've just, like I said, I thought there was another Beta Ray Bill series, but no, I'm just seeing them show up in the, in just other books, so. Hmm. Hot damn, I'm glad that they, they are making more of him. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, did you see Kong versus? They did. Or Godzilla versus Kong? They did. What'd you think? I really enjoyed the monsters fighting. Yes, that's what you're supposed to. Um, the rest of it was almost unbearable. Really? Yeah, it was bad. I thought it was real bad. The humans in this movie were... Like, let me take that back. I loved the little girl. 
and her adopted mom, right? The Kong people. Oh, yeah. Like, I loved them. More of them, less of everybody else. I like Lil Rel, too, but that's because I love Lil Rel. I think he's hilarious. I will watch anything that he's in. Um... <laughs> Is that uh, Russell? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know his. Yeah, that's his real name. This is his real name. Yeah. He is. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've watched a couple of things that he's been into. He and... was just in that um, Eric Andre movie. Did you watch that? Oh yeah, yeah. He was also in Get Out and blah 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 blah. Anyway, I've, there were so many parts that I was watching this movie that I was like, was this written in the eighties? Because it had a very 80s sensibility to it, the whole thing. Even, like, the the graph. Okay, let's, let's get into this. Why did they need King Kong to fucking take them to the center of the Earth? Why did they need to go that through that fucking membrane? Godzilla and uh, fucking shooting a hole down to the middle of the Earth? No membrane needed. Like, they just flew out of it. I don't understand. I don't understand. So... <laughs> What they are so what they're explaining, and there's two things, and that was a reveal at the end of Godzilla doing that hole down to the bottom, is they needed Kong to find the source because just sending a robot or anything down there, like they knew Kong would be able to find it. Where the hell would they be looking? You know, so that's why they needed Kong. But once they got to it, it's though, the it moment, seems like they could have found it very easily. They just flew know. around. It's not like it was... How, how much gas is that going to take? And there's giant fucking other that monsters down there. That doesn't run off gas. There, did you see the other <laughs> monsters that attacked that them? Is, yes. Okay. But that's not why they took him. To defeat the monsters. Well, the secondary <laughs> reason why. Well, that, that was... You know, I but, guess, but, yeah. As I said, what they needed, that heavy duty thing, is because it's the moment that you hit that equilibrium that you just... It... it fucks with like you and yes you will be like imploded like a neutron star i don't know there's something there yes when they leave they didn't necessarily show that uh type of uh yeah warping no but it's it was there i just assumed it was there what i thought was great was that we have these holes that go into the bottom of the earth now you realize oh those were all fucking made by godzilla sure so I thought that was kind of a cool reveal. Yeah, I will say the the stuff with uh, with Eleven. Um, oh man, Con- Connor with, the whole time was just like, if she was just was not in this movie, it would be a, a movie a thousand times better. Well, and I know why they kind of included her because when she was in the Godzilla movie, but like Millie Bobby Brown's like their whole thing felt a little forced to have them be there, mm-hmm. but I didn't hate it. I was okay with them being this other part to explain some things to the audience of what's going on. I thought it was decently written. Not saying that it was like blockbuster of them breaking in and trying to hack in and everything. But again, we wouldn't really understand those scenes of... They um, spent 10 minutes trying to figure... Okay, this kid spent 10 minutes trying to figure out a password. And then it was just like, let me just pour water on it. That'll work. <laughs> I mean, yes, okay, that was dumb, but um, the but I, okay, so I I actually really enjoyed the movie. It was fun to watch. Like 
The, pe- well, I the was... dialogue that they wrote for the people, though, was just so bad. Like, the dude from True Blood, uh, fucking pussy-ass motherfucker. <laughs> I could not stand him for most of the movie. And they did that, so at the end he would have that redemption thing, and I was like, unnecessary. <laughs> it was a little bit strange of, you know, why the Kongs, like, had, like, a magic glowing axe. Yeah. I did thought it was fucking cool because I'm pretty sure that axe was made out of Godzilla's uh, spikes. Mm. Um, which is why it glowed and absorbed. Mm-hmm. I also was trying to understand, so Godzilla's been around for a long time. Because did they not establish that he was made from... At ton- one point in time, the lady, the Kong lady, was like, their ancestors fought. Oh, their ancestors. Okay. Yeah. But then again, that means that there is other... Other Godzilla. Right. I don't know. I really loved the relationship between the little girl and King Kong, though. I thought that was cute. I liked that little girl a lot. She was the only human in the movie that I could get behind. <laughs> that stupid bitch that went to the center of the earth with him. I'm so glad she died. <laughs> she died in that movie, and I was like... Oh, that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> she was terrible. Um, so, Mechagodzilla, right? I don't know much about the history behind Mechagodzilla. I thought it was funny that the little Kiwi kid from Deadpool was like, No, it's a Mechagodzilla. I'm like... Why? Why would you say that? <laughs> I mean, we all know it's Mechagodzilla, but it's really weird for them to be like, it's a robot Godzilla. No, it's Mechagodzilla. Our, oh, okay, because that's usually what we call our robots is Mechas. <laughs> but the so the dude driving Mechagodzilla, is that something that happened in the old movies too? Was it, uh, was it like a Pacific Rim sort of scenario going on? Because it gave me very hard Pacific Rim vibes. Yeah. There was there was humans that did pilot it, but I also um, I can't recall a lot of Mechagodzilla. I just know that he was there and was supposed to be the good guys, but then turned. Yeah. Pretty much because of kind of like what happened in here. It the the idea of making his skull out of the what was it Ghidorah was mm-hmm. that and then using the other Ghidorah skull to pilot it was a I thought a convenient way to run that right it made sense as to why Godzilla sensed another Titan because why would he sense just a large robot mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense but then once once they explained that it made sense but oh you know. It was fun for what it was. It was better than Godzilla with, um, that came out in like what, 1999, 1998? When did that trash heap of a movie come out? With Matthew Roderick? With Matthew Broderick, yeah. Yeah, I think it was the 98. Yeah, that was a steaming pile of trash. So, you know, based on that, it was, it should have won an Oscar, in my opinion. So you must have loved it. 
I just like giant monsters yeah. destroying things. I loved how smart but, they are. Like, they made them smart, and I enjoyed that. It just, though, I realized that that city is never coming back. Like Hong Kong? That is just fucked and destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you had a typo on our Facebook page. It's not oh. Tokyo, it's Hong Kong. Yeah, well... <laughs> still stand by that by saying that yes it is fucked it is fucked even more so than metropolis was in man of steel <laughs> super fucked but you know godzilla was always supposed to be like an allegory for nuclear war so i guess that makes sense then there's that yeah, yeah. i still think people should just watch it I mean, why wouldn't you? What else are you doing? What else is there to watch? Nothing. There's nothing. Is it wrong to pick up girls, women, while no. in the dungeon? Whatever the anime is. Don't watch that. Watch this instead. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of people uh, have. This has brought in uh, over $285 million, Um and money what is it box office is what I'm trying to say in money I thought it was in something else Tony yeah no I'm not surprised plus it's like the first real big movie that's come out where people probably feel more comfortable going to the theater if they've been fully vaccinated sort of things and it, I mean, I watched it at home, but honestly, it's probably really awesome to watch it. It made theater. me think, there were some scenes specifically where I'm like, if this, they probably had it originally for 3D things, that I'd be like, I probably would have upgraded to see this fight in 3D. Mm. Oh, God. Can you imagine seeing that in the IMAX? Would've that would have been fucking sweet. Thrown up. I would have straight up just thrown up. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. You know what makes me throw up? Uh-oh. What? Can you guess one of my hatreds? Can I guess one of your hatreds? I actually know more or less about... I know less about things that you hate than I know about things that you love. I mean, I do. I'm, I'm a lover, not a hater. <laughs> except for when it comes to Game of Thrones. Oh. Fuck those guys. Uh, <laughs> so the 10th anniversary is going to be kicking off uh, the 10th anniversary of what of it when it debuted oh cause the yeah cause Bullshit. the 8th season happened which then again though too that was already they had like 2 years off too before season 8 so that's 10 years then as well mm-hmm. uh yeah H- HBO is talking about uh partnering with different companies to you know do some uh the iron anniversary and again I just I don't really even know that many people who at this point after actually thinking are okay with how that ended like no one that i know wants to go back and watch the show anymore like i thought going into the last season i could definitely rewatch this now it's like why would i watch this when i know it turns into a heaping pile of shit (laughs) um they're they're having like a a beer company launch a, a beer which they've had their drinks before which yeah. i bought yeah yeah they've had wine and beer with game of thrones on the label obviously they're gonna be funko pops and Ugh. and everything but 
Who fuck cares? Yeah. Iron is not the 10 year anniversary gift. They're bullshit. It's tin. It's supposed to be tin. <laughs> oh. They should do the tin anniversary because that makes more sense <laughs> with how the show ended. <laughs> oh, so actually, uh, so it was April 17th, 2011 uh, that uh, was when it started, the, the first, first episode. episode. I remember watching, let's reminisce about a better time. I remember watching the first episode and being like, this is stupid. Because there's so much happened that I was like, I'm never going to be able to keep track. And I was right. It was really hard to keep track of what was going on in that show at times. Um, but it did end up getting really good. And then, of course, in Tony's opinion, an abject failure. But <laughs> There was more good years than bad. Isn't that what's important in a relationship, Tony? More good years than bad? Or is it just about how it ends? Okay, so... <laughs> I'm going to have some great, great years with my wife, and then when I find out she's fucking half the men of Westeros, uh, but I just got to remember those good times. Like, Why dwell on the bad? <laughs> just remember the good. People make mistakes. Well, since this is happening this month, uh, just know I'm going to be really hating on this hard. Are you, you, are you boycotting? the anniversary you could just not talk about it at all you could just not give it any breath whatsoever no because i want to pull more people into my hatred circle <laughs> we are strong <laughs> you are legion <laughs> we are the night watch we are the wildlings a <laughs> true king king of the north of the north yes <laughs> Not my queen, <laughs> or what? What would he say? Uh, what the fuck was this? As no, it wasn't as you wish. I don't know. Whatever the fuck, John Snow no, that's always Princess Bride. As you wish. Well, that's pretty much what he kept saying. Whatever. Oh, I don't want it. That's what it was. I don't want it. Yeah, that's definitely different than as you wish. I, well, shut up. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> So I've been following G4 online. They have their oh. YouTube channel set up. Has that started? It hasn't yet because of the pandemic. Okay. We still don't have concrete news of what is going on. Like, I think they're going to try to make a channel. But again, I don't think they necessarily would because you have all these online components. So I feel like it's going to be kind of like a network uh could be like, and I'm going to use it because it's part of this, what I was going to talk about, like the WWE Network. Mm -hmm. They have shows there that you can stream and watch and everything and probably have a small subscription. But like right now they're doing YouTube. They have three different channels there. And why wouldn't they put it out for free for people to see? Mm -hmm. But what they're kind of doing now is not, you know, they're probably not going to get big budgets. They never were before anyways. But having their original programming, you don't just do that on YouTube. And one of the things that they announced is they're going to have a video game competition series uh, hosted by Xavier Woods, who he's WWE wrestler. And mm. he is a person I was quite excited about. 
he's started his up up down down channel with his wrestling friends for gaming and he's talked about always wanting to bring back Nick Arcade. I don't know if you ever remember that show. Nope. That was a pretty sweet show as a kid because you pretty much were in a video game. And I just saw a documentary kind of about it. Was it on Nickelodeon? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense then. Oh, you didn't watch Nickelodeon? No, no, no. On why it was called Nick Arcade. Okay. (laughs) But it was was people playing rudimentary, like, uh, it was a set that had, like, pretty much a green screen. So they'd have to see the actual screen, but, like... It had tracking motions, and this is, like, Mm. 90s, like, tech that shouldn't be there. And during the, in between for the teams before going into this other room to kind of do this virtual reality, they would play video games of Mario or Sonic and compete in those small little things. And so this is obviously going to be something kind of similar, but don't know much. But they're teaming up, obviously, he is part of WWE, but now part of G4, and he's kind of bridging that nerd gap between the two. Mm. And you also already have WWE having their network, which is now going to the Peacock streaming. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where G4 is going to land. I know that since they announced it a year ago, which I was excited about, and then the pandemic hit, pretty much everything they've been doing online is trying to get people's interest still going, so they keep calling it B4G4, because Mm. before we actually relaunched G4, um, and that's kind of their branding for stuff right now while they slowly start announcing things. Can I just call out that you said something about this 90s show, and you were like, this technology that shouldn't even be there? Like, in your mind, there's some vast conspiracy about how aliens brought that technology to 1990 (laughs) to create this television show. No, And I played out that entire narrative in my head (laughs) while you were talking. (laughs) Well, you know me not speak words well. (laughs) I just just love when you said it. I was like, I don't even know if I heard a single thing you said after that. (laughs) Future tech at the time. Way beyond what any <laughs> mere mortal could have and play. Uh, yeah, I know lots of people who are excited about this whole G4 thing. I never really... Again, Ninja Warrior was all I ever watched on G4. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is Loki. Loki. Loki, Loki. What would you think of the trailer? It was good. It's Like I said, I'm... The Winter Soldier and the Falcon was the show I was least excited about, and so far that one's been really good. And I have been excited about the Loki one for a while, for a couple different reasons. One, Tom Hiddleston is amazing in that role. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know what else he's done. I don't know what other movies he's been in. I don't really care at this point. He's just Loki. Same with Chris Hemsworth, right? I don't care what else he's done. He's just Thor now. Um, but the Time Variance Authority, I thought was an exciting ad and a really great way to like bring Loki back into the, the fold of things. What's well, and I know about them, the TVA because of Deadpool mm-hmm. when he was time traveling and sliding with Cable throughout those issues of Deadpool and Cable, uh, or Cable and Deadpool and... Yeah, they're they're a fun other other group that have shown up from time to time in the comic books. Mm-hmm. 
So speaking of comic books, uh, Fantastic Four number 353, the first appearance of Mr. Mobius, who Owen Wilson is playing. Okay. Uh, has shot up in price ever since this trailer. Yeah, do you trailer. own it? Uh, that's what I was kind of, I was trying to see. I don't think I do, but I might actually. Um, and you know how first appearances always, you know, fetch higher dollar when things become, I don't know, interesting again. Mm-hmm. So let's say it was probably going for about 30 bucks and they're saying an ungraded and what they're seeing is now an ungraded is three or 30 was then now it's like 65. So hmm. pretty much doubled in price. Um, they're saying a graded copy could sell for four hundred. So that's because it costs you like two hundred dollars to get comic book yeah. graded. <laughs> I don't believe in that shit either. It's putting your book in a vault never to be enjoyed again. Yep. I'll, well, I don't want to say it out loud, but I even took that out the other the other month. Oh, did you to read it? Uh, yeah, to look th- look through it again and kind of grade it myself to be like. Did I miss think that there's some bad torn pages? No, it's still pretty crisp. I yeah. still think that's uh, at least a five. I um, I have the first appearance of the Phoenix and the first appearance of the Dark Phoenix. And one of them is in a frame, like one of those comic frames that keep it from fading. And it's signed by Chris Claremont. But I just have the trade paperback to read when I want to read that story. I don't take it back out of the frame now. I just wanted to feel it. <laughs> I mean, well, so then you're saying I should put it in a vault and never touch it again? Because no. that's not how no. comics should be. Now, granted, I made sure my hands were clean and dry. And yeah. I only did it once within the last 10 years of having it, but. No, I think, so like, having it in a frame and knowing that you can take it out whenever you want, I think is different than slabbing it. Right. And then if you sell it, like, you're selling it to somebody in a slab, they're never going to get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Seems silly. And if you really bought it, like, you probably bought it for reasons of why you want to keep it. So mm-hmm. unless I'm ever living on the streets that I needed to get a couple grand, I'm not going to sell that. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like looking up every now and then of how much a Stanley copy of Fantastic Four number 48 in good grade condition is. <laughs> And it's a lot more than I would have ever have thought to pay for it. So I'm glad I got it when I did. Nice. Um, but other than that, there's one thing about the trailer that people are arguing on over on the internet. And it was a quick clip, or a, you know, when they're going through everything, mm-hmm. of what looks like Loki talking to a, a woman. And they really think that it's Natasha. Oh, because she's the chick with the short red hair? Yeah. And it's all, it's from a distance. You can't see who it is. But we already know um, this uh, actress, Sofia DiMartino, she's playing Lady, or the girl Loki. So is this, you know, this other version of him? Mm. That's probably who it is. It's not Scarlett Johansson. But a lot of people are trying to, you know, and it's like, well, shit, that would be something that he could do, time yeah. traveling wise. That would be a hell of a cameo. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with a cameo, <clears throat> not okay with bringing back. I think Marvel movie wise, once they break that uh, the resurrection protocol, like bringing Tony back or anything, like it kind of ruins the difference of 
mm-hmm. the stakes in those movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they can't. I don't think they can bring her back. But they could. I mean, if anyone's going to have her in the show, it would be low and get away with it. It would be Loki because of his time travel. You know, he, yep. whatever he's doing with with this authority. I like how his little outfit though on the back it just says variant. Like he's a variant now. <laughs> That's just what he is. It's pretty great. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Fuck no. Alright, so then Booze in a Book this week is the other history of DC Universe number three. Now, I think I talked about issue number two or maybe issue number one. And this is a highly recommend series. Do you know what it's about, Linz? It's about the other history of the Marvel Universe. Except for I said DC, so you, oh, I thought you, you said don't Marvel. even fucking know I thought you it. said Marvel. I hope that I ha- didn't, but... I'm going to have to re-listen to this now and see what you actually said. I wish we could rewind real life. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this uh, has been going through, and I want to say it's a five-issue series, through different times. Like, this is like the 80s is what this one okay. takes place in. But the way that they go through the history is telling it through the eyes of someone else. And what the series also does is through the eyes of uh, a minority. And so this one is following Katana. Okay. It's really interesting. Obviously, these were written a while ago. Mm-hmm. But having a Japanese character in the midst of what's going on now in the world, mm-hmm. it's a lot of Asian hate really weird symbolic because in this it kind of talks a bit about some racial and that's how the other books as well talking about being black uh, men through being a superhero in those times and this kind of goes through again the character and who they are and what happened kind of the big uh, events during, during that time so all in all definitely a must a must read if you're a DC fan and just in general to get this other other history because again everything that she is seeing is through her eyes so it's not necessarily what we have read in the comics sure it gives it a little bit of a, a spin a little bit of a elseworlds type feel mm-hmm. um but trying to keep it into continuity wise okay yeah so we're going to pair that with a uh, Saki Lemon drop. Um, I myself enjoy sake. I'm usually a fan of the sweet sake, especially the coconut based ones. But the sake lemon drop is made with dry sake. And I 100% recommend, and I'm going to, I'm going to murder this, but it's a very popular type of dry sake. You can find it at most places that sell sake and it's called Gaikikan. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry if that's pronounced wrong, but it's spelled G-E-K-K-E-I-K-A-N. Gaikikan. Um, so it's this three ounces of sake, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, and one ounce of simple syrup. And that actually sounds way fucking better than an actual lemon drop, in my own very personal opinion, because I think vodka is disgusting. You know what that sounds like? Like delicious? A Godzilla bad guy. <laughs> Gaikikan? <Yeah. laughs> 
Well, it fits in two places then. <laughs> so anyway, a lot of people, I think, are afraid of sake. Because they've had one really bad sake and never went back. But there are so many different flavors of sake. There's warm sake and cold sake and sweet sake and dry sake. I mean, there's just literally all kinds that you can try. So I would definitely suggest going out there and getting some. But specifically do this cocktail because it's delicious. Sounds good. Now I really want to read this book, though. I don't know if you explained it super well the first time you reviewed it. I didn't. Well, so these are, it's a little bit longer of a book, too. It's like 48 pages. Yeah. But it's a lot of prose. Like, okay. it's not really even, like, comic book formatted. Like, it's got pictures and everything, but it's just a lot of... More story. Not word balloons, but almost, like, picture on a page with a bunch of just words to, to read um, the inner thoughts and everything of what's going on with the main... Character. So this was written by John Ridley, who was the screenwriter for the movie 12 Years a Slave, which won Academy Awards. So that makes me even more excited. Yeah, I think it. definitely pick up the whole series, but I really, I don't know, I really enjoyed this one more, and I think it's just because it's when I was born, so I didn't really know a lot of the other yeah. uh, eras. Well, and you seem to have, like, even though... You, even though it doesn't come out and like that you like things like you have like this hardcore love for all things Japanese like when you distill the things that you love down to its essence a lot of it is from Japan right yeah. you love fucking kaijus you love Power Rangers you're really getting into anime right now like really that's like just kind of your jam so very very <laughs> true well with that Stay thirsty for Lindsay's jam. We gotta find out what makes you tick. You don't know yet? You don't know? <laughs> <laughs>